Welcome to season three of One Day You'll Thank Me, a podcast for smart parents. I'm Dr. Tara Egan. And I'm not a Dr. Anna. I'm a mom, a therapist, and an author. And I'm a daughter and a kick ass high school student. Each week, we'll discuss a different parenting topic and we'll interview some fantastic guest experts. We'll leave you with practical tips and information. Plus, you'll get the perspective of a teen. Stay tuned, everyone. Boom. Hi, it's Dr. Terry Egan here. Welcome back to another episode of One Day You'll Thank Me. Now, I'm here solo today because my darling Anna is now this busy kid who is in high school. She has her license. She just got a first after school job. And that kind of motivated me to have an episode today where we talked about ways to adjust to back to school, especially since so many kids haven't been to school, at least on a consistent basis for going on a year and a half now. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about some strategies that parents can use to support their kids as they're going back to school. So stay tuned. So the first thing I want to talk about is just to start off with this entire process by creating the opportunity to collaborate with your kids. Sometimes as parents, we think, oh, I know what needs to be done. I need to have my kid go into bed earlier, or I'm going to set up this organizational system in their backpack, or I'm going to purchase these items for my kids to stay organized. And they just have this internal plan of what they're going to do to support their kids so the school can be successful. But especially if your kids are getting closer to later in elementary years, middle school and high school, it's really important to just sit your kid down or take advantage of times when you're in the car or you're walking by the room with some laundry or whatever to say, okay, what's the plan? What do we need to do to have this year go smoothly? What can I do to support you? What ideas do you have as far as getting organized and being in a place where you're productive? So sometimes kids are like, oh, it'll be fine. I want to talk about it. And you may need to take some more lead in those situations and and sort of compel your kid to either be part of the conversation or know that you're going to make some adjustments. But assuming your kid is at least willing to tolerate a conversation about what they might need as far as supplies, how they imagine their schedule going, what might be some basic rules that are going to be followed during the school year when it comes to technology or bedtimes or chores or academic schedules, things like that. You want to just start off by having a problem-solving approach where you're using that collaborative language and you're giving your kids the, the message that you're interested in hearing what they have to say. So they have the opportunity to plan with you. And if they don't, There might be the consequence of you planning for them, but hopefully they can feel like they have some ownership in the process. So that's the first tip. The second tip that I suggest is, and this is part of your plan, but I want to address it specifically, is really working on understanding the best role for technology when it comes to your family life in school. So for example, so many kids have been in the summer having a fair amount of technology time. Their technology time is typically consists of pleasurable time where they're entertaining themselves, they're doing fun things. But when school starts, it's going to switch. It's going to switch where at least a you know, significant portion, probably, hopefully, over half the time that they're on technology consists of school-related work. So they're going to be on technology at school for at least some of the day for most schools. 
And then they're going to come home and they're going to have academic tasks. And it's only then after those things are done or with the understanding that what their day is going to look like, that they're able to spend their time doing pleasurable things. And so sometimes kids can get that mixed up where they really feel entitled to watch their Netflix shows or play their video games before they prioritize academic tasks. So it's really important that you set the stage and set the boundaries where you might, whether you put limits on their phone, whether you plan to have them turn in their technology at a certain time, whether you make rules about their access to video games during the week or what their grades have to be in order to have access to fun things. And it's, it's not about restricting and denying or punishing. It's about setting the stage so that their schedule with technology is conducive to success. So obviously that conversation, I do encourage you to have that prior to the school year starting. And if they feel like, well, I am able to do this independently, why are you putting pressure on me? Then tell them, all right, well, let's take the first couple of weeks of school or the first month of school and let you figure out the schedule that's going to work for you. But if there's a point when your grades are slipping or you're not getting enough sleep or you're acting super irritable and are stepping away from family life, then we're going to need to adjust it. So sometimes kids need to have that initial freedom to make their mistakes, and then they can be more open-minded to you offering your suggestions. So that's the second tip. Be mindful of the role of technology. The third tip I want to talk about is just the process of getting organized. So I say that both with the tools that you use, whether it's teaching your kids to use an agenda book or the calendar on their phone, whether it's having the appropriate binders or programs uploaded to their phone or wherever they need to stay organized and on task, but also thinking about having that balance between being overscheduled or being underscheduled. So most of us have like a magical sweet spot where we have a certain degree of productivity, but it's not to the point where we feel constantly fatigued and overwhelmed and overwrought. And for some kids who are maybe more sensitive or more introverted, they can handle less things. You know, they're not the kid who can have three or four days of extracurricular activities a week. They're the kid who wants to do one activity one day a week, and that's what feels good to them. Other kids can handle being busier. They prefer it. They are more likely to feel bored and understimulated if they don't have enough things to do. And so those kids are going to benefit from having more structure and more activities to participate in. So you have to factor in what works for your family as a whole, as well as what works for your individual child. But that's the goal. The goal is to get to that point where you're in that productive zone. Right now, you know, my daughter, Anna, as most of you know her from the podcast, she admits that her summer, now that we're not vacationing and things like that, is too low in productivity. So it actually makes her more sluggish and less productive. So she's expressed to me that she is happy to be back at school and to be engaged in a school year that has more structure to it. So look for that balance. The fourth tip I want to offer is just to set the tone emotionally for your kids. There's a lot of times parents have a lot of anxiety about their kids going back to school. They worry about the safety protocols for COVID. They worry that their kid is going to have a negative social interaction or be overwhelmed or be they're placed in the wrong classes, whatever it is. And we can convey that sense of anxiety to our kids and really disrupt what their natural emotions would be. So in general, I encourage parents to be truthful and to be positive. 
So when I say truthful, I mean, if you're giving your kids a pep talk, the type of words you want to use with them are words that are realistic. So you're not going to say to your kid, you're going to go to school and you're going to be friends. You're going to make a best friend today. Everybody in your class is just going to love you. And you're going to feel like this is the best class ever. Mm, You know, that would be nice, but that's actually not realistic. So when you say that to your child, it's, it's not really presented as a truthful statement. Whereas if you say, you know, you're going to go to school today and you're going to meet a lot of new kids. And as the days go by, you're going to get to know them even better and better. And you're probably going to find kids there who have some of the same interests you do. That's positive and it's truthful. So kids know that. Kids know when you're saying something real. And if kids say, oh, I'm so worried. What if I go to school and I don't have anybody I know to sit with at lunch? I'd rather have you say, you know what? You might not. You might not know anybody the first few days. It might take a little time for you to know somebody and feel comfortable to sit with them at lunch. But I think you're going to figure it out versus reassuring them, of course, you're going to know someone. You're going to know exactly where to sit and it's going to be fine and you're going to have so much fun because they might not. So it's okay to say, you know what, it could be kind of nerve wracking the first couple of days or it makes sense that you have butterflies in your stomach and that's okay. But you're going to be okay even if it isn't quite what you prefer or expect. So it's really important as parents that we use that truthful language, use that positive language, and then also provide our own anxiety with the COVID protocols kind of heating up again this fall with so many more of the Delta variant infections. I do encourage parents, you know, focus on safety, focus on common sense, but don't have your kids focus on, okay, well, I our family is choosing for me to respond to the COVID safety guidelines in one way and another family might choose to do it in another way. And we're going to have tons of opinion and talking about it and drama and things like that because kids can really go into the school environment and feel very pressured or judgmental. Whereas if you say, hey, this is the plan for our family, this is how I expect you to conduct yourself. And then you give them that praise and just sort of that, that sense of calm and confidence in the decisions your family is making, that's going to translate to your kids feeling more confident and calm in the school environment. The last point of discussion that I want to talk about today is the fatigue level that kids are going to experience. Because so many kids haven't been to school in so long, whether it's just for the summer or for the last year and a half, when kids go back to school initially, their mental fatigue is much, much higher. So kids can come home from school irritable. They can be tempted to take naps. They can have less patience when it comes to doing a task that is frustrating. So you might see kids having meltdowns, doing homework, or getting really disappointed when they don't do as well in an after-school activity. So I tell parents that this is a time when I do want you to be emotionally responsive and understanding that they're really thrown for a loop during this first few weeks of school. Anywhere from two to six weeks is when we see this higher rate of fatigue. So it's going to be important to protect kids' sleep, you know, make sure they get to bed at a decent hour, make sure that technology isn't interfering too much with their sleeping time because they need to get back into the swing of school and make sure that their stamina to do all of the tasks they have to do on a school day, you know, listen to the teacher, pay attention, stay organized, connect with their peers, that they're in a place where they're equipped to manage those things. And so you'll probably see your kids as the weeks go by, get more and more adjusted to that. 
But those first few days, couple weeks, even a few weeks can be very, very exhausting for parents too. So it's really important to be mindful of that, to be understanding of your kids if they have a quicker temper or more irritability. And then also to account for that within yourself too, because you might now be doing a different work schedule or you're getting up even earlier to get into school and doing more driving for activities. And all of that is very tiring. So really you want to protect your rest, your alone time if you're a person who needs that. And just make sure that that every day gets a little bit easier as far as being able to handle all of the tasks that happen in a given school day. So those are the things I wanted to talk about. Making sure that you have that collaborative approach. Making sure that you are organized. That you're mindful about technology. That you are protecting your sleep. And that you are emotionally responsive and setting a strong emotional tone for your kids. So... Thanks so much for being part of today's episode. I appreciate you listening. Make sure to visit my website at www.drterryegan.com and we'll see you again soon. 